Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Are you ready for the Word of God? We all have not arrived yet. We all need to receive the spiritual food. And the revelation from heaven to understand more about the things of heaven. So if you're hungry, you press in, you will grow more. But if you don't do your homework, you will be baby forever. And how many parents in this room want your kids to be baby forever? I don't want my kids to be baby forever. I want my kids to grow up. Spiritually, the same thing. God wants you to grow up. That's why you need to get the revelation and the understanding, the truth of God into your life. And thank God for the technology MP3 and CD that we can feed ourselves at home, in the kitchen, and in the car every single day. There are so riches of the Word of God in our church. So much to learn and understand. Don't take it for granted. Please get the teaching. Please listen. Please go home. And listen to the teaching. There's so much of the Word of God in this house. Amen? Today we're going to learn prayer principle again. Touching heaven, changing earth. And we're going to talk about persistent prayer. I want to review a little bit. Because if we don't pass the level of foundation, we cannot build the second floor of the house. We need to lay the foundation down. And if you don't practice the foundation right away, you cannot get to the second floor. You cannot build the third floor and the fourth floor. You need to get the foundation and practice the foundation. James chapter 5, verses 13 to 16. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. And let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith, everyone say faith. faith. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another, and pray for one another, that you may be healed. The effective Fervent prayer of a righteous man and woman avails much. This morning I woke up and I cried out to God. God, give me more faith. I want to be a man of faith. Because when I pray, I want to pray with faith. So that I can see the result in my life. That should be the crying desire of every Christian. That you can be effective pray warriors in your life for your own self, for your own life, for your kids, for your husband, for your wife. That's why we teach about prayer. The Bible says that if you are going through trials and temptations and hardships and problems and tribulations, what you should do? Call your pastor to pray for you. Tell your wife, oh, my wife is a prayer warrior. She's going to pray for me. I don't need to do anything. No, the Bible says, if you are going through hardships, you pray yourself. So what the Bible tries to say is that every Christian needs to be diligent in studying how to pray and put the practice of how to pray in their own life. 
every Christian need to know how to pray, how to fight the spiritual warfare. Amen. Don't give the responsibility to the priest, to the pastor, to the elders. You need to know how to pray. When you get into trouble, fight the battle first yourself. It's nothing wrong to call your pastor to pray for you or call your elders and your brothers, sister to pray for you. But you need to pray yourself. Amen. But if you are blessed, what you should do? If you rejoice, you're blessed, you are having good time, cheerful, the Bible says you should sing praises and worship the Lord. You may say, Pastor, I cannot sing. It's a lie. Everyone can sing. Yes, everyone can sing, but not everyone should come to the microphone and sing on Sunday. Everyone can sing, but not everyone should record their singing. Only a few people can do the record. Amen? Everyone can sing. So when you are cheerful, when God bless you. Yesterday, I was walking into the hospital. I was singing to the Lord. I was worshiping God. I was so happy. Because God healed me from a sickness that bothered me for a long time. And eventually, after I fighting the spiritual warfare and command the sickness to go, and eventually it worked. And I'm healed by the Lord. So I praise God. You heal me. Eventually you heal me. The healing comes from the Lord. Amen. I'm fighting for a long time, but I never give up. That's why we're going to talk about persistent prayer today. Amen. We need to put this into practice. When you get into trouble, what you do? You pray yourself. You learn how to pray and fight the spiritual warfare yourself. And when something good happens, you just praise the Lord. God is so good. God is so good. And when you start to praise the Lord, the presence of God will come upon you. You draw near to God, and God will draw near to you, and you can sense the presence of God. Amen? Verse 17, the Bible says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. Thank God for the privilege of prayer. Thank God that prayer can change the natural things on this planet Earth. When you pray, the prayer would change the cycle of the physical body, the organ of the body, can change the economy, the government, the atmosphere, and the cycle of the nature. I thank God before I went to Copenhagen. I heard that it was very cold and raining and not good weather at all. But God said, remember Elijah. Elijah prayed to change the atmosphere. So I knelt down in my house two days before I flew to Copenhagen. I said, in the name of Jesus, I asked for the nice weather, sunshine, warm weather. And you know what happened? When we show up the whole three days, sunshine, warm weather, we can walk in the whole city without even one drop of rain. When I got back home, the next day, I got the email. The rain came back. <laughs> Praise God. God answered the prayer of Pastor Da and me. Prayer changed the atmosphere. Amen. Hallelujah. We thank God for the privilege of prayer. But when we get the result, we don't give glory to the person who pray. We don't give glory to the word prayer itself. We give glory only to God. 
God is the one who answers, and He need to get the glory. We give credit to Him. Amen. The Bible say we don't have because we don't ask. Therefore, many times we don't have a lot of good things because we don't ask, and many times we don't receive even though we ask because we don't ask in faith. Everyone say, ask in faith. When you ask God, you need to ask in faith. That's why it's so important for all of us to keep growing in faith every week, every day, because faith make a big difference. How do you build faith? You listen to the Word of God. Thank God for the MP3 technology. You keep listening. You keep building your faith, because as you ask in faith, God will answer you, and you're gonna receive a lot of good things from heaven. Amen. Prayer is a communication with God. It's a communion with God, fellowship with God. As Christians, we pray to the Father in heaven in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus warned us not to do the prayer like this. We call vain repetitions. Keep speaking the same word again and again. Before I became a Christian, I was a Buddhist. I remember my father taught me how to pray in Buddhism. Namo Tassa, and keep saying Namo Tassa, Namo Tassa, Namo Tassa, and I don't even understand what it means. I just keep saying the same word again and again. That is we call vain repetition. Thai people understand what I'm talking about. It's a repetition of prayer in the Buddhism. Not only that, we don't pray to get reputation that we are a great prayers. We don't pray for people to see us, but we pray because we want to seek the Lord. The Bible also say we don't make a idol, a statue, a picture. We don't pray to the picture of Jesus. We don't pray to the cross. We don't pray to Mary. We don't pray to the saints, a Saint Paul, Saint Dararat, Saint. <laughs> Pastor Lau, <laughs> Dararat is my wife. We don't pray to the saint; we pray only to the Father. <laughs> In Jesus' name, Amen. That's why our church we don't have the picture of the saint here. We don't have the picture of Mary here because the Bible says we pray only to the Father. Jesus is the best example of prayer, and He taught us so much about prayer. He said that when we want to have effective prayer life. We need to pray in love. God is love. When we pray to God, we pray to love. And in order for the love to work, we need to pray with love. The Bible says in Mark chapter 11, verse 25. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. God said, before you pray, what do you do first? You reconcile. You forgive. You love people. Otherwise, your prayer will not get answered. Many of you may be wondering, why my prayer hit the wall, hit the ceiling, and never go to God? Because maybe you still have some bitterness against certain people. Maybe you are bitter against your husband. You're bitter against your wife. Some member of the church that stepped on your toes about 100 years ago. And you still remember that he stepped on my toes about 100 years ago. And you keep talking about it and keep having bitterness. You mean to them. You talk bad about them. You gossip about them. And not only that, sometimes people 
the prayer don't get answered because they're selfish. They live for themselves. They never care about other people. If people get into trouble, not my business. I just think about my home, my business. I don't care about other people. With this attitude of lacking love, of failing to show love to people, your prayer may not get answered. Because if you're going to pray, you need to walk in love. And not only that, you pray in faith. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 3, that husband, treat your wife with love, respect, and honor so that your prayers will not be hindered. Failing to show love to your wife, failing to show love to people around you, hinder your prayer life. Your prayer will not be effective. Amen? Before you start praying every morning, you check your heart first, whether you're still bitter or have grudges against anybody in your life. Before you start praying, forgive. The Bible says, before you bring offering to God, forgive your enemy first. In other words, God tried to say that you can give money into the offering bag, but God does not accept your offering. You can pray to Him, but God does not accept your prayer because you still hold grudges and bitterness against somebody in the church or in your family. We need to check our heart every single day whether we love people and forgive people or not. Amen? We also learn about asking and requiring. Asking means asking God to give us something. Requiring means commanding and speaking to the situation. And we learned that in the past sermon. Sometimes you speak to the mountain and sometimes you ask God to give you good things. When I pray for my own sickness, I say, this sickness you have to go away. I command you this mountain to leave my body right now. And then I pray to the Father, Father, thank you so much for sending Jesus Christ. By his stripe, I am healed. I ask you to give me the anointing and more faith to command this sickness to go. You see, I ask for more faith, and at the same time, I command, I require, I demand the healing, speaking to the mountain of my own life. Luke chapter 18, verses 1 to 8. I'm going to read from New International Version. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always, everyone say always. We should always pray and not give up. Persistent prayer life. Never give up, never lose heart, never quit, never throwing in a tower. Always pray, always, day and night, always pray. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him, kept coming, kept coming to him with the plea, persistent begging and asking, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about men, Yet, because this widow keeps bothering me, persistent asking, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cried out to him day and night? 
always pray day and night, never give up. Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice. And quickly, however, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? So he said that you don't only, only pray persistently, never give up. You need to pray in faith. Everyone say, always pray. Everyone say, don't quit. Everyone say, persistent. Jesus did not try to say that this judge was like our father in heaven. He was an unjust judge. He was a mean, cold-hearted judge. But even though he was so cold-hearted, he was so mean, but because this widow was so persistent in begging and asking and coming to him again and again, this judge granted the request. How much more the heavenly father, who is so loving, so kind, so good, so merciful, will not grant your request if you keep asking him and asking him and pursuing him and seeking him always without stopping, without quitting. Prayer must be persistent again and again and again. Amen? I'm going to show you many scriptures if you're not too tired to listen to the teaching. Luke chapter 13, verses 1 to 5. There were present at that season some who told him about the Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. These Galileans were killed unjustly. And Jesus answered and said to them, Do you suppose that these Galileans were worse sinners than all other Galileans because they suffered such things? I tell you, no, they were not more sinful than other Galileans. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse sinners than all other men who dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. These people who died because the tower of Siloam fell on them, but the rest around were spared, did not die. They were not more sinful than others. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Wow, this is a profound statement of Jesus Christ. Not that we need to be persistent in prayer. Continue to pray. Keep reminding God of His promises. Keep reminding God of our requests again and again. We need to understand that repenting is very important. Repentance is important. God said that if you judge yourself, you will not be judged. What does it mean, judge yourself? It means that you examine yourself and you find out you are wrong in certain aspects, certain issues, certain attitudes, in certain areas that God keeps telling you. God keeps speaking to you through the sermon, through the sharing in the care group, or through the Bible, or through the Holy Spirit. And you keep being stubborn. God says, if you don't repent, don't blame God if you perish. Don't blame God that you reap what you sow. You're going to face problems and don't blame God. So the key of avoiding big problems and unnecessary death, 
unnecessary sickness and financial problem or any problem in life is to repent as soon as possible. God warns us that if I warn you again and again, if you don't repent, you're going to perish. And don't blame God because you reap what you sow. How can we avoid reaping what we sow? We need to repent every single day. Repentance is the key to get out of trouble. What does it mean? When we repent, we will not be judged and we don't reap what we sow. I should have gone to hell if I die, but because I gave my life to Jesus and I repent of my sin, if I die, I don't have to go to hell. I will go to heaven. Am I a perfect man? Have I never sinned? I have sinned. I have done wrong. By justice, I should go to hell after I die. But because I repent and I accept Jesus Christ into my life, I don't need to go to hell. I don't need to be broke. I don't need to be sick. I don't need to live a miserable life because I don't reap what I sow. So repentance is important in the Christian life. Jesus came into the world. He shed his blood. He took our place. He died. He took our sin and he gave us righteousness. He took the curse from us and he gave us the blessing. He took the poverty on him. He gave us riches. So when you repent and come to Jesus, you don't reap what you sow, but you receive the blessing and the benefit from God that you don't deserve because Jesus paid for you. So I want to emphasize that as Christians, we need to repent every day if we don't want to get into trouble. Luke chapter 13, verse 4. Or those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse sinners than all other men who dwell in Jerusalem? This comment, if compared to today, is this. In an accident, Christians might be killed, but bad people are spared. Good people may be killed, but bad people may be spared. And when you see all these things happen in the world, you start to make a comment, life is not fair. You may make a comment, God is not fair. And you begin to think that we live our life by chance. It's a luck, bad luck and good luck. Wow, those good people died in the double tower, the two towers in New York, on September 11, but the bad, money-hungry people were spared. They were not in the building at that moment, and they were spared. This is not fair. This is a luck. Good luck and bad luck. Okay, let me show you, is a good luck or bad luck or not? Jesus did not stop at verse 4. He continued to explain. Verses 5 to 8. I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. The parable of the barren fig tree. He also spoke this parable. A certain man has a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. Then he said to the keeper of the vineyard, Look for the trees. Uh, look for three years. I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. This fig tree is a bad one. Deserve to be cut down. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? But he, mean the one who took care of the windyard, answered and said to him, Sir, 
Let it alone this year also, until I dig around it and fertilize it. Okay. Verses six to eight are related to verses one to five. Verses one to five talking about good people are killed, why bad people are not killed, why the tower fall on certain group of people. Are they worse sinner than the person who was spared? No, Jesus said, no, 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 no. They're all sinners. They all make mistakes. But why certain people die and certain people don't die? You may ask the same question in your heart. Why so many people miss that airplane hit the double tower? Why some people die in the accident and why some people were spared? My question back to you is, do you know their mamas? Do you know their grandmas? Do you know their brothers? Do you know that the pastor of their mom? What I try to say is, the one who was spare, have somebody pray for them, intercede for them. Like this, one who took care of the vineyard. Oh, boss, don't cut it down yet. Please give more, more, some, some more time. I know this tree is bad. It deserves to be cut down. But could you please ask for mercy? Don't cut down. Let me dig the ground around and put some fertilizer. Give some more time, please. Some mamas, some mm, uh, grandfather and grandma may be praying for their kids and their grandkids. Lord, my kid have run away from you. He has not lived right. He was watched pornography, he played, and he didn't work, he didn't go to school, he was pretty bad. I know that they deserve the judgment of God. But could you please have mercy on my kids, on my grandkids? Please spare them for now. Please give them some time. I'm going to do my best to fertilize, to send CD to them, pray for them, call them, email them, that one day they will repent. Present the angel to talk to them. Present the Holy Spirit to enlighten them and they will come back home. Somebody is praying for the lost, for the person who backslide. Keep praying and you know the Lord loves to hear that kind of prayer. The Lord loves intercessory prayer. He answered and responded to the cry of the praying mom, the praying dad, the praying grandma and the grandpa and the church leader who keep praying for the members. Amen? Amen. If no one prayed for them, they would have been judged by God. They would have been perished. Why those people were spared? Because somebody was praying for them. A praying woman who knows God can intercede for her loved ones, for her grandkids and children. And the Lord answered and spared them. Thank God that he hears our prayer. Amen? When you see that your relative, your loved ones, the members in your care group, or your husband or your wife, they don't do well, they rebel against God, they walk away from God, I want to encourage you, don't write them off. Don't wipe their name out of your book. Don't give up on them. Don't forget about them. You may be the only person on earth that pray for them. No one else pray for them, only you. 
and because you pray for them, God, please spare my husband, please spare my wife, please spare my children. You stand in the gap between God and them, and you stand in the gap between them and the calamities and the disaster that's going to happen because they have not repented. Jesus said that if you don't repent, you're going to get into trouble. But thank God, God gives us the responsibility to intercede and to pray for people who may get into trouble. And in the name of the Lord, God will spare them and bring them back to Him. Amen. Let's look at one story in Second Kings chapter four, verse eight. Now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem, where there was a notable woman, and she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. This is a story of the prophet named Elisha, the man of God. This woman is a well-to-do, rich woman. In the city called Shunem, she saw that Elisha was a man of God. She talked to her husband, "Honey, this man Elisha definitely is a holy man of God. I really want to treat him well. Every time he come by, can we feed him some meal?" The husband said, "Okay, go ahead, go ahead." And then a few days later, she said to her husband again, "You know, he must be tired. He served God. Why don't we build a room on our house?" Put the furniture, the desk, the lampstand, the bed, so that he doesn't have to sleep on the couch. Can we do that? The husband said, "Good idea. Go for it. Build a room, nice room, a suite with nice bed, good couch, good desk that he can rest and seek the Lord quietly and peacefully." Every time he came by the city, the man of God, Elisha, would eat good food, maybe Chinese food, maybe. Latino food, maybe Chai Yo. He ate good food. He sleep in a good bed and seek God. Do you notice one thing about this story? This woman never have the attitude because I do this for you. You must do something for me. You must give me job. You give me money. Did she manipulate him? Did she demand on him that hey hey hey? I do good to you. You need to do something to me. Not even one second. She did it out of love and pure heart. But God one day spoke to Elijah. God spoke to Elijah. Now I see the heart of this woman. Do something for her. You see, this is a principle. If you are in need, don't manipulate people to give anything to you. Don't come to the pastor and talk. Manipulate him. Oh, I need that. I need this. Don't manipulate. Wait on the Lord. Pray to God and let God work in the heart of the pastor, work in the heart of your husband and your wife, that they will do something for you. Don't use manipulation. Amen. This woman never manipulate, and God spoke to Elisha. Elisha called her in, and find out that she did not have a baby. She is barren. So God answered her prayer. She got pregnant, delivered a boy. The boy grew up. And one day, as a teenager, he went to a field and suddenly dropped dead from possible a stroke. Look at verses 24 to 29. Then she saddled a donkey and said to her servant, "Drive and go forward, and do not slacken the pace for me unless I tell you." And so she departed and went to the man of God at Mount Camel. So it was when the man of God saw her. 
afar off, that he said to his servant Gehazi, "Look, the Shunammite woman. Please run now to meet her and say to her, 'Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with the child?'" And she answered, "It is well." Now, when she came to the man of God at the hill, she caught him by the feet. But Gehazi came near to push her away. But the man of God said, "Let her alone, for her soul is in deep distress, and the Lord had hidden it from me." You see, even though you are a prophet, it doesn't mean you know everything. You know only what the Lord tell you. Okay, but there is still prophet today. There is still pastor, apostle, evangelist, and pastor. But the prophet doesn't know everything, and has not told me. So she said, "Do I ask a son of my lord? Did I not say, 'Do not deceive me'?" Then he said to Gehazi, "Get yourself ready and take my staff in your hand, and be on your way. If you meet anyone, do not greet him, and if anyone greets you, do not answer him. I mean, hurry up! Hey, let's go, go, go! Hurry up! But lay my staff on the face of the child." You need to understand that in that generation, God's people did not have the Holy Spirit. They did not have the name of Jesus. They could not go to the throne of grace themselves because the Lord Jesus had not died yet. So, in order to go to God, they have to go to the prophet. When this lady called for the prophet Elisha, they, actually she was calling for God's help. In the sense, she was calling for God's help. Today, compared to us, is we are praying. And interceding and asking God for help, but do you notice that she did not only ask the prophet, but she asked in faith. Everyone say faith. When the prophet asked her, "Is it well with you?" Did she say, "Oh, I'm in bad shape now. Oh, I will never get my son back." Did she say that? No. She said, "It is well with me." What it means? I have faith. My son gonna come back. Everything gonna be fine. She asked in faith. Understand? She asked in faith, and the Bible say that she grabbed his feet. That is the action of persistent prayer. I will not let you go. I'm gonna keep asking until the answer come. Everyone say persistent prayer. He caught him by the feet. He did not let him go. And the prophet say, "Okay, okay, Gehazi, go there, get the staff, put on the face of the child. That's all he's gonna do." And look at how she respond in verse thirty. And the mother of the child said, "As the Lord lives, you think the Lord will live forever? Yeah, the Lord live forever. He never die. As your soul live, I will not leave you." So she arose. So he arose and followed her. You need to see the picture. A woman grabbed the feet of the prophet, and the prophet say, "Go with the staff." Okay, my servant is going to go with the staff. I'm not going. I'm busy. I'm busy. I cannot go. And you say, as long as God lives, I'm not going to let you go. I'm going to get the answer. Is it a persistent prayer? Yes. This is we call pray without. Stopping without giving up, without throwing in the towel. She's gonna get the answer. What happened? Verses thirty-four to thirty-five. And he went up 
and lay on the child and put his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes, his hands on his hands, and he stretched himself out on the child, and the flesh on the child became warm. He returned and walked back and forth in the house, and again went up and stretched himself out on him. Then the child sneezed seven times, and the child opened his eyes. Elisha raised the man up from the dead. You see, the woman from Shunem was persistent in her asking and prayer. She grabbed the feet of the prophet. She said, "As long as the Lord lives, I will not let you go." And look at Elisha; he did the same thing. He was a persistent prayer warrior. He lay on the, the the boy one time, come up, nothing happened that much. He did again. He did again. He did not give up on asking the Lord. Some of us, when we pray, and we did not get answer in five minutes, we say, mm, maybe it's not God's will. I don't think God could answer me. Okay, that's okay. I don't pray anymore. Is that the way a lot of people pray? Five minutes later, not no answer. I give up. Did the woman give up? Did Elisha give up? They kept praying, kept persisting, kept asking, kept expecting, kept on believing. Stay with it. Stay with it. Stay with it until God answered. Persistent prayer. I thank God for many moms that never quit. Praying for their children. I thank God for many wives who never quit praying for their husband. Some of you, mom, your children may be lukewarm right now. They just come to church, but they go out and enjoy some other things in the world. Then they will serve God. Then they will want to do anything much with Jesus. Mom, pray to God. Keep praying for them. Don't give up. As long as they still have heartbeat and breathing every day. You still have hope to pray for them. Don't give up on them. Amen. Keep praying for them, so that eventually God will show mercy and change their condition. I will continue next Sunday because the time is over. We're going to continue about persistent prayer from the life of Moses. How many people say I will never give up praying? How many people say I will pray in faith? No matter what I see, I will continue to believe God. Amen. How many people say that I'm going to keep reminding God for His promise? Amen. Let's pray together, Father. We thank you so much, Lord, for Your love and Your mercy. We thank you, Father, that You are teaching Your church how to pray effectively, how to touch heaven and change the earth here. Lord, help this church. Help everyone in this room. To pray correctly according to the Bible ways, help us to be the people of faith, like Elisha, like this woman. Lord, help us to be pray warrior like Jesus Christ. Lord, we believe that from now on we will see more miracles. We see many lost loved ones come back to God. We're gonna see many people that we love come. And surrender to Jesus, O oh Lord. Remind us when we pray of the principle we learned today. 
Oh Lord, by your Holy Spirit, give us more faith in our heart, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. To them all gathered in your name, I lift to you this new day.